Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel. I am your host to this wonderful podcast where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today we have Olympian Shalea Kip. She is a steeplechaser. Yes, I don't know what a steeplechaser is either, and I learned all about it during this episode, so it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy it. Shalea is a super cool person, very relaxed. She has been doing this for a long time. She was on the track and field team um, and... Um, Went to the Olympics in 2012. She was an alternate in 2016 and um, is looking ahead to 2020. So we'll see how that goes. But Shalea is such a cool person. She has such a great story. She's very charismatic. She was easy to talk to. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. She was a lot of fun. So thank you guys one more time. And I hope you have a wonderful episode. All right. And today, another special guest. I mean, we're all special guests at this point. We got Olympic athletes, right? It's pretty impressive. We have Shalea Kip. She is on the United States of America. Uh, track and field. She was born in 1990, um, August, in Salt Lake City. So I guess actually, I want kind of want to talk to you about the Olympics that were there too. That that's probably really interesting. Oh yeah. Um, she attended the University of Colorado. That's where she ran track, and she is now a grad student at the University of British Columbia, studying physiology. I can barely say the word, so I really don't know what you're studying. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear about that a little bit. Uh, she won the NCAA outdoor steeplechase, the 3K, in 2012, and that same year actually qualified for the Olympics, which is pretty incredible at 21 years old doing all that in the same year that's got to be I mean if that's not a high I really don't know what is um, in 2016 she placed third in the USA indoor track and field championships indoor yes and was the alternate for the team United States at the uh, 2016 Rio Games um, Shalea thanks for joining us today Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited. I hope you're having a good time. I mean, it's like six o'clock. I don't know if you eat your dinner yet, so hopefully we'll be able to get you out in time by, so you can. And, I have uh, some cookies to hold me over. I'm cookies. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. All right, cool. So um, as I normally do, I mean, I gave you a little intro. I wanted to tell people, give you, give you a nice little bio to introduce you by, but as I usually say, you're way better at telling your story than I am. So if you don't mind, giving us a little bit more um, context and some more details, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm originally from Utah. I grew up in Salt Lake City and Park City. Um, and then for college, I hopped over to the other side of the mountains and attended University of Colorado at Boulder. Um, I fell in love with Boulder. Uh, the running there was great. Track program uh, worked really great for me um, and ended up staying there eight years. Um, and, and that was partially because I was having so much success there. Uh, in college, I became a nine-time All-American. That was, that was pretty good, uh, much better than someone would have thought when I came out of high school. Um, like you said, I, I won an NCAA title my junior year. That same year, I went on to qualify for the Olympics. Um, yeah, made, and made a, another world team after that in 2013. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed. And that's where my life in Boulder really, uh, really uh, transformed me into who I was and who I am. That is so cool. I've never been to Boulder, but I've, it's always been Boulder, Denver. Those are the places. I actually broke down in Colorado Springs. I was driving across the country and broke down to Colorado Springs. Once the Subaru dealership, everyone was super nice there. So I was happy about that. But that's essentially all I got of Colorado, just the beautiful mountains, having to turn around, then having to leave. I noticed like half of Colorado is actually not to be mean, but kind of boring. It's just like, it is. yeah, like there was nothing there. The mountains were amazing. And then you get past the mountains and I was like, wait, I'm still in Colorado. I thought this yeah. was like Kansas or Nebraska or whatever. Yeah, but. You think of Colorado as so the Rockies and really that whole Eastern yeah. farmland. It was, uh, yeah. it was actually pretty surprising. Um, I'm not going to say disappointing because those mountains were just absolutely gorgeous, Good. but I've always wanted to go back, get there, hang out for a minute. I, I hear it's a pretty cool place. So then you, 
are let's let's talk about your life right now. So you are a graduate student. So let me take a step back. How are you a nine-time All-American? Yeah, um, four times in cross country. Okay. Four times in outdoor track. Okay. And then this one year, I decided to do indoor track. And the one year I ran it, I did a five k. Not really a five k runner, but I I did uh, finished sixth or seventh and was an All-American. So that's how I got nine. Not, not quite a 5K runner, just an All-American. <laughs> That's all. No big deal. Yeah, not really my event, but enough to sneak in there. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. Oh, man. Was the indoor, was the indoor coach, outdoor coach, was it the same person or did the same, indoor yeah, coach? Yeah, same coach. Oh. But normally we just focused on the outdoor season. And that year we said, let's have a little fun and run an indoor race. So. Try it out. Because I was going to say, if you was the indoor coach, you're not, like you come to me senior year and you're just like, oh, it's not really my race. So let me just become an All-American. <laughs> I probably would have been a little angry about that. Holding back on us, Shalea. Hold it back on us a little bit. Uh, so that's super cool. So um, as we said, um, grad student at the University of British Columbia, hanging out in Vancouver. Here, it's an amazing place. Super excited for you to be there. What is physiology and what are you going to do with it, I guess? Sure. Yeah. So I'll start... Um, after I finished my collegiate running, I also did my master's in integrative oh. physiology at Boulder. Oh my gosh. So you're going to become um, a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. This will be my PhD. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's way cooler. Very impressive. Um, awesome. Yeah. But in Boulder, my, my primary interests were in running energetics and running biomechanics. Um, I am a runner. I'm very interested in running. Uh, so that's what I studied. And now I'm kind of diverging away from that. And I'm going to study more of that cardiorespiratory side of the physiology. Um, but still, hopefully, of exercising humans. Yes. Always interested in people. That makes sense. People people are fun. I always like people, too. I like talking to them, listening to yeah. them talk. So, hey, look what I'm doing now. Um, but that that is super cool. Um, that is, I mean, that, that sounds super difficult. And I'm glad we have the smart people like you to do that. So you keep, keep rocking and rolling. Keep doing your thing. Um, I didn't even realize. I'm sorry to shortchange you like that. I didn't realize you were about to be Dr. Shalaya. No worries. Uh, how, many, how many more years or how many more semesters? It, it will be at least four years of schooling. Okay, so. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we, well, I'll, uh, a while. So, so by Tokyo, you won't quite be a doctor. Um, no. Where is it going to be in 2024? I'm not totally sure yet. But hopefully by then, you'll be Dr. Kip and, and come and exactly. run for your fourth Olympics and we'll love it. Um, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So um, steeplechase, you made it to the Olympics in the 3K steeplechase. Uh, I've yes. seen it on TV. I know you guys use a track. I know you got to jump and I know there's water, but can you explain to me what a steeplechase is, where it came from and really why you chose steeplechase? Yeah, I know. Steeplechase is like that really weird event in track and field um, to break it down. Every lap, there are five barriers. These are big, wooden, solid blocks. They don't fall down like normal hurdles. So if you hit one of these, you're down. Um, and then just to make it even more interesting, one of these is followed by a 12-foot long pit of water. That pit of water is two feet deep right next to the barrier and then tapers up. So it's on a gradual slope. Um, and athletes will actually step onto the barrier for that one and jump into the water. And normally that's, that's kind of what everyone thinks of when they think of steeplechase is that water feature. Yes, 100%. Um, now, where does this come from? I feel like this is I, – I, how long has it been in the games? Because I feel like it might be one of those really old ones that they're just like, yeah, this is a good idea. It's like 1815. Why not? Let's do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so it started out um, – it, it's an older event for the men, but they didn't open up to the women. Uh, oh, my gosh. Is it 2004 was the first women's Olympic steeple? So it's really? newer for the women. Okay. Um, but the way I understand it is the steeplechase came about from people doing cross-country races, and they would run from a church steeple to a church steeple. And as you're doing a cross-country race, you're jumping over fences, and you know there's obstacles, and there's water pits. Um, 
and then somehow they took that and put it onto the track and that's where we get this modern day steeplechase. You know, when you explain it like that, it completely makes sense, doesn't it? So that <laughs> you know, it sounds like it makes sense, but really think about it. The, the event no, still makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. But again, I watched it. Um, I was actually watching just like randomly through on the NCAA. Um, I don't know what it was. I think it was in the beginning of July, maybe end of June. And they just had the NCAA track um, like championships or something outside and i was just like oh cool let's turn this on and i don't know why not and yeah the steeplechase was on and i i was watching it and i was confused but i couldn't turn away it was like it was so interesting and i, I don't know very cool though very impressive you won one year so that's unbelievable and that same year so let's let's start there because you won the ncaa tournament first what was that like what was the did you have in your mind, a legitimate shot, you went in knowing like, hey, there's a very, very good chance I'm going to win this? Or was it kind of, hey, let's just see what happens? No, I definitely went in in, in 2012. Um, I was a junior and I, I knew there was a pretty good shot at the title. It wasn't like a for sure thing. There were still several other good athletes. Um, but also with the steeplechase, there are rounds. Um, 5K doesn't have rounds, 10K doesn't have rounds, but the steeplechase, still very long event, very exhausting event it has rounds. And I, I think it was after I made it through a prelim going into the final, I thought I, I really do have a really good shot at this title. Um, it, it still came down to the last 50 meter sprinting. Um, yeah, but it was, it was one of those things. I wasn't going to let that down easy. No way. That is, yeah. that is unbelievable. Super cool. Congratulations. That's, I mean, it's, it's a couple years ago now, but I'm sure it's still one of those things that you, uh, you look back on and you're extremely happy and, and grateful and, and all that happened. So we know what a steeplechase is. We know now that you rocked and you rolled your junior year of college and you won. I'm sure you went out afterwards. You were of age, so you might as well enjoy yourself. And then a couple weeks later, a couple months later, when were the Olympic trials and how, you know, give us a little timeline on when that happened. And, and again, just, you know, what were the, did you have a legitimate shot what were your chances I mean being a college student um you know what were you still still going into the Olympic trials what was that like I when I think about it I was a baby I didn't know what was happening I didn't know what was going on I didn't really understand how even the selection worked um and I remember people like explaining that to me like while I'm at the Olympic trials like uh it's top three but you also have to have a qualifying time and I'm like but do I have this time and um I, I I knew it was possible, but I remember that just like looking at the start sheet and not knowing what, who any of the people were. And that was really intimidating to me. And then also the names I did know, it was like, I didn't think I could beat these professional runners. You know, here I am still in my college singlet. And you know, these are, these are professionals that do this. And, um, uh, it was a thing where my coaches, they were much smarter than me. That's why you need a smart coach. And they had this crazy idea that I should run the prelim really hard and get an Olympic qualifying time. So to qualify, you have to place in the top three of the final, and then you also have to have an A standard. And so I didn't have the A standard. And they said, we think you should run the prelim really hard, go out for 941, get that. And then if the final's slow and you do end up in the top three, no worries, you know, you got it. And so I ran the prelim as hard as I could. And I only ran 946. So, right, like that, I remember that kind of really deflated me. Like there's an, a rest day in between. I thought, you know, that was as hard as I can. What, they think I'm going to run five seconds faster? Like we're talking almost a second per lap. Like, I, I don't know about that. Um, but sure enough, when the final came around, I got in race mode. 
I can't do anything off splits. Times means nothing to me. I don't hear anything. Like, and I, I crossed the finish line and I, I was top three. And I remember thinking, did I get the time? And I'm, I'm on the ground and I'm like so out of it. My like vision's almost blurry because I'm, I'm exhausted. And I'm trying to look up the clock and I'm like squinting and I see 930 something. And I think, no way. And I'm like, is that a four? Did I just run 934? Um, and sure enough, I ran like 12 seconds faster than the previous day. Um, I did make the Olympics. Um, but yeah, one of those things you think, I, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this until all of a sudden you do it and you realize, whoa. That, that's incredible. You were yeah. able to sh shave off t almost 12 seconds, if not more than 12 seconds. Oh, it was a humongous PR, yeah. After, after running it a few days earlier, probably being sore, tired, all that, and just going out and then just crushing oh yeah that is yeah. so cool adrenaline is amazing sometimes I, is, I love adrenaline like that's just super cool that is so cool and that's just I mean that's incredible so you go out you win the NCAAs you come back and so uh, we actually I had the opportunity to speak to Kim Conley and she yeah. essentially did the same thing like she got the the Olympic standard and the podium on the like last possible race before so so did you get the rings next to your name and everything did they put that up and everything yeah. just like yeah. hey you're going it like you, going. you got both. Sure. They give you the flag they tell you to do the lap they say you're going that is so and what a what's that emotion like I mean especially after winning a huge event recently and now you're just coming around and you're just like it's just the perfect it, possible year it, it was unreal you know I can't even put that into words with people um I do remember it it did take a while for it to hit me. Like I had done the whole victory lap and I'd done the press conference. And then I remember we were leaving the press conference and that's when it actually started to hit me. And that's when the emotions came. So really a lot of unbelievable really sums it up. Yeah. Cause that does sound like a, a you used the word earlier, just a complete whirlwind where everyone's just like, okay, here, take this. How, okay. You got it. Okay. Come over here. Okay. Do the, and, and, and they're putting you in the Olympic sweats and you're just like, you're in your sweaty uniform. You're not thinking you're, what? Yeah. I was, was going to say, you're probably, your mind doesn't have time to, to like comprehend all of everything that just happened, especially because it happened so quickly. And then all of a sudden, as you said, you're leaving the press and you're like, Oh, wait a second. This is real. This, this isn't is a dream. Real. I got well, everything. Remember, I finished. I'm on the ground. I can't, my, my vision's blurry. Like you're not like, Oh wow. Like you're not in that kind of state at all. Oh, that is just so cool. I love that. That is incredible. And then, so you go to the Olympics. Let's talk about that a little bit. What was that experience like? I mean, this is all happening. So, so actually let me, give me a timeline from when you won the NCAA tournament to the opening ceremonies. How, what's, what's the amount of time we're talking about? Oh man. Um, I've got to think back on that. Um, so NCAAs would have been beginning, beginning of June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds right. Beginning of June. Um, Olympic trials were June 29th. I remember that. Oh, yes, uh, absolutely. You do. <laughs> and then, um, we didn't race until the first week of August. So, so there's like three weeks and then kind of a month from after the trials to so the game. So in eight weeks, you won the NCAAs, you had an unbelievable personal record, made the Olympic team, and then ran your first race in the Olympics in an eight-week span. Yes. At yeah. 21 years old. That's just, that's incredible. That's crazy. Like, yeah. That is absolutely incredible. And one question I forgot to ask, how, di how did you get a spot in the Olympic trial? Was it because you won the NCAA or was it for a certain time that you had at some point? How does that work? I, so it was a time. So they take the top 24 women. Um, you put in your, your best steeple time, they take the top 24 women, you're into the trials. 
And what was your time before that? What was your, what was your time to get into the trials? I, I can't remember actually now. Um, well, it doesn't matter anymore. And that's the best part. Because, I'm just kind of curious. That's probably why you forget those things. Yeah. I, is, I'm, I'm curious if it's like, cause I mean, from one day to the next, so one day, two to two days I, later. I, you had plus run, I had run in the nine forties before. So it was probably okay. something like that. Like I knew I was going to the trials. Okay. Yeah. That's super cool. Very impressive. Yeah. And then the standard was nine. What was it? Nine 30, not anything. Oh, it, was, it was like nine 41 or something. Okay. And that was, the standard you made that yeah. so now we're at the olympics this is 2012 so this is london correct yep, yep. London. so you're over in london what yeah. was that like like how or keep going i'm sorry oh no 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 so the best part of all of this is i also have a colorado teammate that qualifies right oh my gosh so she, most people know emma coburn yes yes so yes i'm a junior at cu and she's a senior um and, and so we're, we're going together too which is amazing um but mostly through all of this, she's like my big sister, right? She's been to a world championships. You know, she kind of knows the whole deal. Taking you under her wing kind of thing. She's totally taking me under her wing. Um, Yeah. So we we get there and I I do have like a training mate the whole time. Um, We're, we're sharing a room through the training camps uh, in the village together. Um, So, I mean, having her there made it even more special too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's someone you spent the last, sounds like last three years with, if not. Oh my gosh. Like since I'm a freshman. Yeah, exactly. And then the first day over hurdles, she's there. So oh, look at that. And it's, it's, I'm assuming it was her first Olympics at the time too, correct? It was her first Olympics. So it was two of you, very good friends, both from the same school, been hanging out for the last three years. You're both able to, to qualify and go to the Olympics together. I mean that, if that's not a movie, like a storybook kind of movie, I really (laughs) don't know what is so i mean yeah. congratulations to both it was of you wonderful that, that yeah. is just so cool so you now you, your experience is enhanced because you get to share it with someone you're so close with so like, like what what were the two of you i mean was it in a deer in the headlights awestruck like do you remember the opening ceremonies like i have i know some people i've talked to that it's like a tape recorder or like a, a video that they can just play over and over others they say honestly i remember we walked out and then i remember racing and that's all like co- completely blacked out from the event so what was it like where do you where do you kind of stand on that timeline and how how did the, how did you ex, you know take in all the emotions that you were possibly feeling again over an eight year uh, eight week stretch yeah yeah um so i do remember the opening ceremonies crystal clear what people don't know though is they see the whole you know big show on tv is the athletes we've walked like a mile and a half to get in but walking the mile and a half it's just lined with people and lined with young kids and there's all these you know young british kids you know and they want pins and they want autographs so before you even get into the ceremony it like my emotions were already so high right they're little kids you know they say uh, they'd go athletics, athletics, you know, meaning track. And it'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, yay. And then they're like, what event, what event? And I would say steeplechase. Most of them didn't know, but you know, they would yay. say, I run the 800 or something. So my emotions are really built up going in. And then you walk in and you're behind that U.S. flag and everyone goes nuts. Um, it, it, so it's really everything before getting into the ceremony. I remember the best. Um, and then it's a lot of lights, a lot of people. Um, and that was fantastic too. That is just, I mean, I, I probably will never experience anything like that. I mean, that is just so cool. And luckily we get people like you to kind of live vicariously through a little bit to give us a little idea of what it was like. And it just sounds like pretty much nothing, nothing that anyone will be able to go through. I can't think of another time in my life I'm going to have an experience like that. Well, hey, yeah, it's I know. one of a kind. Maybe a couple more years, you never well, know. Well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We're crossing our fingers for you, Shalaya. We promise yeah. you that. That is super cool. So then, um, 
so now, so you're at the Olympics, you run, how did you do, you know, what was, what was your experience like actually running and competing there, getting to hang out with all the other athletes other than Emma? Cause I'm sure you spent a lot of time with her, but spent a lot of time with her, yeah. <laughs> athletes from the United States, athletes from around the world, other track stars, like what, what did you, what was your big, like, what were you there to try and seek out and do, or really did you just let everything just wash over you and roll with the punches? Yeah. So like you said earlier, right, this has been eight weeks coming, really peaked for NCAAs to try to win that, then the trials trying to make it. And now here we are two months later, I'm actually racing. Um, I actually have a really bad bruised foot. Um, I'm limping around. So race didn't go great, but right, there's already so many emotions. I'm still learning a lot. Um, I still actually race pretty well. I ran um, a really respectable time. I didn't make it to the final. Um, but, but it was also being in the, the Team USA, uh, I don't know you call that, uh, tower, mm-hmm. where, all, where all our athletes are. Um, you know, you're sharing a suite with other, you know, really established runners, Shannon Roberry's in my room, Molly Huddle, like these other people you've always looked up to and you think, whoa, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Um, it's those kind of things. Uh, yeah, those, those were the things I really wanted to take in. The racing not as great, but then afterwards, you know, being around it, who can I learn from? There's other things you can get out of the games. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, obviously for the athletes, the competition is always going to be number one. That was your number one. It sounds like, but at the same time, you have to understand that this is a literal, almost once in a lifetime experience for many people, you know, not everybody gets a second one. Not everybody gets an opportunity, even at a third one, anything like that. So you just being able to go there you know, as you said, some of these people you've looked up to for the last few years now, and you're, you're sharing a room with them, literally. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how's it going? You know, I've you're only paid a- meals with them. You know, yeah. you're it's- that is just, I mean, there's, that's cool. so cool. So that's awesome that you got the opportunity to do that, hang out with them, speak with them, talk to them. Did you try and, um, I guess, uh, mingle with some of the other sports as well, or some of the other countries? Or were you just so enthralled and happy with, you know, what, what you got from the United States track that you didn't even, you didn't even bother too much? Yeah. So I, I'm a shy person. I'm not an outgoing person going up to someone new and like sitting down and, Hey, how's it going? I didn't, I wouldn't do that. But if we were at a group meal and, you know, we started having, if we were talking, then I, I would interact with other people. Um, I remember I rode up the elevator with Ashton Eden and I was like paralyzed. I was like, Oh my gosh, the whole time I couldn't say anything or he was speaking to me and I said like two words back and like, then it was over. Um, so yeah, those are kind of my other interactions. That's too funny. Well, hey, you always have that opportunity. You always have that experience of hanging out on yeah. an elevator with what he's the, what do they call the decathlon winner? I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, most uh, athletic. record holder. Uh, oh, I don't there's know. that. No, what is it? Like, the, I think the most athletic man in the world or something like that. I think. I, I, I like remember. that. I'm sure yeah. if. If you I mean, to describe one person, that's him. So. I would, I would 100% <laughs> say that. I can't remember. I know that they have some name for the decathlon winner, but we'll call him the most athletic man in the world and run with it because I've okay. seen some of the things he can do, and that is just incredible. incredible. So, yeah. Super, super cool. So that's amazing. So you're there, you race. It's uh, not the best race you've ever had in your life, but the experience sounds like it's bar none. It sounds completely worth it. You had an amazing time. So you come back. And I mean, you, you peaked once, you peaked a second time, and then you peaked a third time. I mean, let's be honest about that. I, you, like, yes, you had an opportunity to win the NCAA. You were pretty confident about that, but winning, it's still amazing. Then you go to the Olympic trials, you blow it out of the water, you get to go there. Then you go to the Olympics. So now you come back. Now, what are the next four years like knowing, okay, I made the Olympics. What now, do you have a goal in place to make sure that you make them the next time? How did the next four years go? And what did you do to kind of set yourself up for greatness one more time? Yeah, so... 
I finished and I still have two more years of college eligibility yeah. left, right? Yeah, so that's I have, true. I have, I'm a college athlete for the next two years, really. Um, get back, you know, kind of have a, a delayed cross country season, but jump in. Uh, I still always love cross country. Uh, let's see, 2013, uh, we decided I would redshirt. We said, let's let Emma finish on a strong note. She'll go win the NCAA title. She'll wear red shirts. Um, I redshirt, but then we do have another U.S. team. I make it 2013 world team to Moscow. Um, that was exciting. Fortunately, Emma got injured that year, so went alone. Um, actually traveled with Jenny Simpson, got to learn all the tricks of the trade from her. That was also really special. Um, yeah, and then uh, 2014, I come back for my final season, and it goes terribly. Oh, no. Yeah, so this is your, my ending collegiate season. Right. I'm going in as the defending NCAA champion from 2012, MO1 in 2013. Come back, get to the final, and last 100 meters, I just die. And this is a race I think a lot of people just kind of skim over in my career, but this was actually the most painful race of my career. Um, right. I'm going in, I'm thinking I'm going to win it. You know, everyone has, you know, their bets on me, and I end up fifth. Um, wow. Yeah, especially with expectations, I'm sure for yourself being extremely oh, yeah, high, totally, being like, right? oh, I mean, like I sat out a year and I'm still extremely confident. Like, so what, like, what was that like? I mean, that's, you know, probably a, a big shock to your system. It's a huge shock. And the worst part is you're fifth, you're still having to stand on the podium, right? All you want to do is get away from everyone and you got to put on that face and you got to realize other people have just had the greatest race of their life and, and you need to stand there and you got to realize that it takes you down a few pegs and it, oh. it humbles you. But uh, That was the um, word I was going to use. I'm sure you were extremely humbled after that. Yeah. It brings you back to kind of like, all right, not invincible. Uh, lots of great other athletes here. But that's usually one thing that I've found, um, especially with elite athletes like yourself, like when you are the best in the world at something and then you do get knocked down, usually you're the kind of people that then say, okay, I see where this is. And then you go harder and stronger and faster. So what, like how much did that then motivate you moving forward? Yeah. So, um, I'm coached by coach Mark Wetmore at CU. And I remember afterwards he said, how you handle failure, uh, determines how successful you'll be in this business. And I remember that, that really stood out to me and I thought, all right, you know, this is going to happen, but I'm, I'm going to come back from this. Um, so I, I just had to realize at that time, this is part of it. This is part of being, you know, a really good athlete. It's just unfortunate that that was your final, right? Like final yeah, like, like, NCAA moment. Oh and, yeah, uh, that is. Yeah. Oh man, that is just unfortunate. Um, but hey, it happened. It We're happens. over it. We're over it. You you right? got stronger see, from here's it. Here's the thing: is you didn't even realize that happened to me. I've had other races since then, other great results, and and that's what you kind of have to realize: is it's going to be one little blip on your record. Other people forget it and they remember all your highlights instead. Absolutely. But I mean, I, again, I think it shows what you're made of when you bring that up to me, you could have easily been like, Oh, and then this happened. And then this, and you're yeah. like, no, this was the most devastating race it, of my career. It, and I was, you know, it was. And I say that because earlier you thought 2016 finishing fourth and not making another Olympic team was, and I did it's that really wasn't, it was, it was 2014 NCAA championship. Yep. I love it. I mean, I, I don't love that it happened to you, but I love like your, your honesty and your, you know, getting intimate with yeah. us and really showing us, um, you know, who you are and, and really giving us a good idea of kind of what you've been through. And I really, really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, 
thank you so much. That's pretty incredible. And obviously you were sorry, but then even as you said, you're you're over it you're past it and I'm we've had it. <laughs> we're, we have we've had more races and you've you've done um some pretty incredible things since so okay let's 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 bring this up a little bit uh, we're down a little bit let's bring it back up you know so okay. then okay. you know you were at moscow you unfortunately didn't so do so hot this uh the last year of your ncaa's what was um what was 2015 what was that like what did you do obviously you're out of school now um but still with 2016 ahead you know i'm assuming that was a pretty pretty huge goal you were shooting towards yeah, yeah. So uh, 2014, graduate from CU, uh, but go into a master's program. So I'm still a student, but I'm no longer a collegiate student athlete. Um, okay. So you were, but, are you allowed to hang out with the team and do everything with them still? Yeah, I still did stuff with the team. Right. Um, but you don't get the perks of being a student athlete. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a few different training times, but I would still see them a lot. So you still get that camaraderie and you're still able to like kind of work together. And yeah, still I'm still under my same coaches. A lot of it's still the same for me. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. So you're not getting multiple voices saying, oh, no, you should do it this way. Oh, no, you should do it that way. So everything is still the same, essentially. You're just still in school, rocking and rolling. Now you're just going to be Master Chalet Kip, and you're just moving on up the line. So then what – um, uh, so how what – what exactly was the rest of 2014, 2015? What was that like? What were your – I guess what was the direction you were trying to move in to make sure that, again, as I said, 2016 was a very, very um, viable goal still? Yeah, and you're seeing me think because I'm like trying to remember mm -hmm. all these years now. Nobody um, else can see you think, but I can. I'm yeah, believing that's guys. right. That's right. <laughs> She's thinking. I promise you that. Her, she she is rolling through a Rolodex right now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 2014, finish off the summer. Um, there's no teams that year. Uh, actually, take a break, go home to Park City, hang out for a bit, um, and. The thing is, everyone expects you to sign a contract, right? You've been on a U.S. team, you've been on a U.S. Olympic team, world team, and people are saying, you know, who are you going to sign with? You know, when are you turning pro? And there wasn't really anything for me right away. It was an off year. Companies weren't, you know, ready to sign people. Um, and so I went 10 months, actually, just kind of on my own. And uh, Kara Goucher had actually joined our group uh, to start training with us. And she said, well, has your agent talked to Wazelle? And I knew what Wazelle was. Um, so female, women's apparel. Uh, they don't do shoes, but they do, you know, running. Um, and I say, I don't know. And she says, well, you should talk to Wazelle and find out. And I talk to Wazelle, have a great conversation with them, um, and end up doing all the contract negotiation myself. Um, so I actually leave my agent, decide to, you know, think I can do this myself. Yeah, um, clearly. And I, and I signed with Wazelle. And so going into 2015 year, I'm now in a Wazelle kit. Um, exciting time. Um, yeah. That is pretty cool. So you did your own, you did your first deal, major deal at least, um, by yourself. Kind of, um, uh, you know, leave your agent, obviously, if he's not going to be helping you as much as you'd hope. And if someone, if you got to do your stuff your own way, I'm sure whoever was your agent is a great guy or gal, but at we the were same just time, on different pages. Exactly. It happens. We weren't compatible. Maybe we should have realized that earlier. Yes. Yeah. That person still does great stuff for other athletes. I'm but sure they do. I'm sure they do. Didn't work for me. So, and Hey, you're here now and that's all that matters. So you get your, your first contract. Was that kind of, especially because you were off for so long, not really, I don't want to say you're not doing anything. Obviously we know you were doing a lot, but did that kind of lift your spirits back up? What was that like kind of getting that first major deal and just being like, Oh yeah, wait, I'm a professional runner now. Like this is pretty cool. 
yeah, you, you really got to find uh, what is a professional athlete. And, you know, some people say it's your whole profession. That's, you know, where your whole income comes from. And that's obviously not true for me. I'm doing this whole master's on the side, um, putting in hours elsewhere. Um, but now really half my income is supplemented by running. Um, I wouldn't say I treated myself any differently. I'd already, I'd already been trying to live and train like a professional. So those kind of things weren't changing for me. Um, but the, the way I was thinking of myself did and kind of, you know, this new, um, I don't know, I was, I was in a new light kind of in a, in a sense and felt like I had to, you know, perform at a new standard and stuff. And that, it's, it's a little more pressure on yourself. That was going to be my next question. Was the pressure of then having um, a sponsor where they, you know now they're, they're paying attention to all your finishes, they're paying attention to all your races or how she's doing. We, want, we need her to go to the finals. You know, how was that kind of, did, did you feel that? Did you kind of like eyes in the back of your head, like feel the people staring at you or were they, I mean, I'm sure it's a great company. Did they kind of just be like, no, we just really love that you're doing what you're doing. Kind of how, how did the company treat you in, in that sense? I'd say you definitely feel those extra eyes on you. Um, but Wazelle, they are re- they're, they're a fantastic company. You know, they, they were more, you know, do what you need to do. We know you just got here. There's going to be some hiccups. We understand that kind of stuff. Um, I'd say they're one of the few companies that actually, they didn't uh, have a mandatory amount of races I had to do. Um, so a lot of companies will say you need to do, you know, I don't know, seven or eight races in our uniform you know they want their name out there mm-hmm. um, Wazelle didn't do that um, another thing that companies will do is they'll do reductions so if you don't finish in the top three at the u.s trials or something they'll they'll take away some fraction of your contract or you pay them back money um, Wazelle did not do that um, so there's a lot of great things about this company where i'd say yeah i know there's extra eyes on me but they tried to really downplay that that's phenomenal. That sound that sounds really like like a great company. That sounds like you're aligned with they're aligned with what you're trying to do, and they really understand um, you as a person, but you as an athlete. That that's that's great because you hear. I mean, reductions in contracts that just sounds extremely backwards. If anything, it should be incentivized. Cool. Yeah, well, like there's it, also the incentives. Right? Oh, there I'm sure. Probably a bonus structure in the contracts as I'm well. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. But still, that just sounds. Oh man, that just sounds so backwards and super unfortunate. So hopefully, you know, it sounds like you picked a great. Yeah, I mean, you picked the company. You reached out to them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm no longer with them. But oh, yeah. okay, okay. Well, at the time, that was pretty incredible. Time, and, yeah. and it worked yeah, out, and that's, that is fantastic. So you have your first major sponsor. You're, you're running your races. You're doing your thing. It's 2015. Next year, 2016, Olympic year. Tell me about that one. Yeah, so 2016, this is the big year. This is the Olympic year we're going into. Um, and I start off and I have a fantastic indoor season, right? Um, I finished third in the indoor 3K. Um, 3K and let's see, 5K are the only two real distance events. So they get really heavily packed. So you would say the people that are beating me in the 3K, they're not steeplers, right? And I actually beat a lot of the other steeplers. It's a, it's a great start to the season, but I do realize it's early. It's March. We still have to go to the end of June. Um, right in that high note and something happens in 2016. I get exhausted. Um, I just start crumbling during workouts. Uh, I can't finish anything. Um, it's not me. It's, it's a really weird feeling. Um, so the coaches go and they get my blood tested. My iron's a little low. My iron's always low. 
you know, what's really the problem. Yours too? Mine too, yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of my coaches says to another athlete, uh, we're looking at your glycogen levels and uh, you need to eat more. And she's not even saying this to me. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, without even realizing it, I have been eating less, right? Because I've been thinking I need to get fit. I need to get trim. I need to get ready for this Olympic year. And I have completely cut out dessert from my diet. And it's not really like um, a conscious thought I had, like I'm, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to become fit. It's more like I'm, I'm just doing everything really rigid almost. And I don't want to eat too much because I'm worried about this workout. And I remember just thinking mid-season, I need to relax. And I came home that day from practice and I start making a chocolate cake. And I know, right? Oh, and, like ch triple chocolate, <laughs> anything like anything crazy like uh, that? Uh, peanut butter chocolate. That's what I oh, go to. Nice. And my boyfriend, uh, he's now my husband. He came in, he came home and he goes, uh, who are you making the cake for? Thinking like, there's no way he gets to eat this. And I go, us. And he looks at me and he goes, us? Like he, he like, he's been deprived and he's noticed it. And I say, yeah, when did we stop eating dessert? And he goes, well, I, I don't know. I thought we were just training hard. <laughs> and, and that's kind of when I realized I was, I was, almost like in an energy deficit without realizing it. Um, sure enough, go back to eating dessert every night, you know, kind of top off those glycogen stores and my running comes back, right? Right right in time for the trials. I start running like Schley again. And if anybody ever tells me again to stop eating chocolate, this don't, is the story I'm going to bring it. up. Like, and I'm going to tell them, no, no, no. Olympic athlete, soon to be doctor, Shalaya Kip says, I need to eat my chocolate cake every I night. And if I have to do it, cake. I have I to do my, it. I need my cookies. Yeah, you got to do it. A hundred percent. Now, obviously, our lifestyles are a little different. I mean, I go on my sure. mile and a half to two mile run every day. I'm pretty happy about that. And then I sit in front of my computer. Your life at that time seems significantly more active. I was very busy. Active. Right? Yes, I'm it sounds a little more active. And the interesting thing, you bring that up, and the, the one thought that was going through my head was, it's always funny. Every Olympic year, you always hear about it. Oh, you know, oh, look at this person's diet. And I just remember one year, it was like Michael Phelps, and he eats like, I don't know, some ridiculous, like, oh, he has to eat like 8,000 calories a day to do, be able to do all this stuff. And it completely makes sense. Once you said it, I was just like, duh, like, of course you're trying to eat healthy. You want to be a, like you're healthy for your body, but at the same time, calories are energy. It's not getting enough calories in you, right? You think you're going to eat, you know, these healthy salads and your quinoa, but I was not consuming enough calories. Sometimes you just need a chocolate, um, just chocolate cake right? chocolate cake chocolate peanut all, butter cake yeah. that sounds delicious and that happens so you're coming back you feel better you're rocking and rolling again i love it and then what happens so what what time like how far into the season is so march to june as you said so when like is this relatively early you've already you know done relatively well it sounds like it in a couple events did well in march and then it went downhill and then it was i ran like three back to back to back mediocre steeples felt terrible doing all of them. And then it was, it was three, two to three weeks before the trials that I actually started feeling good again. Right. I started eating my chocolate cake, um, and go into the trials now feeling good. And I remember I ran the prelim and I felt really great. And I essentially just jogged it to make sure I got through the final. And one of my coaches hadn't been there live and she watched on TV and she's talking to me on the phone and she goes, were you as relaxed as you looked? And I go, I, I think so. Like, I almost couldn't believe it either. And she's like, I think you're going to do well. And, um, 
in a sense, I did do really well in the final. Um, and in a sense, I didn't do well. Um, the not doing well part is I finished fourth. The doing well part is I ran 929, 928. Oh my gosh, I can't remember, right? You got to remember in 2012, I ran 934 and that was huge. So I actually did PR again by seven seconds. It just wasn't a big enough PR this time. That is unfortunate. And I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the, the three women ahead of you, you knew all of them at this point, right? I knew all of them. I was, sh- I was certain we were already sending our best U.S. team. Um, but, you know, uh, you're, you're always disappointed. But I thought if there's three women that are going to beat me in the U.S., these are the three. They definitely deserve to go. Exactly. And if you did your literal best, I mean, you had your personal record. I mean, there's only so much you can do at that point. I mean, you should just be happy for yourself. You like you got to learn to be happy in the sport, right? Exactly. You got to be happy at some point. So because as much as line. as much as you know, the the more and more I talk to Olympic athletes like yourself, the more I realize, especially in the individual kind of sports, it's like if you do your best and you don't win, I mean, like it's it's like golf. It's it's you against yourself. You know, like everyone else can either do well or not. And it doesn't matter. You have to do your best. And if you do your best and you place first, that's amazing. If you place last, it's still amazing. You did your best and it's incredible. Exactly. And I mean, if you're one of the four best at something in the United States, I, I mean, I will, I will absolutely commend you. That is amazing. Um, unfortunate, of course, um, but still absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I How agree. And that's fantastic. So, um, Thank you so much for that. Again, I really appreciate the the emotion in your voice. I really appreciate the intimacy. You're getting very honest with us. We don't really need to talk about that too much anymore. We got another race that we're worried about in a couple of years. So what is Tokyo look like for you? Is this something, have you, I'm assuming you're still training. You're not going to just stop training, right? So I'm what not going to stop. What does it look <laughs> like? Short you, answer. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. So what, what's it look like? Are you excited? Are you antsy? I, this is the third time around now going to the Olympic trial, or I'm assuming you'll make it to the Olympic trial. I can't see why you wouldn't. What's it like this third time around now? Yeah. So right. Big life transition. We started off a little, uh, out of chronological order here. Um, I am in Vancouver now. I am starting my PhD. There are some new things for me here, right? I don't have my coaches here. I don't have, you know, um, my training group that's familiar. It, it's really going to be figuring out how to make this all, all work. And right. So this was the year to move. It's an off year. There's no teams. Um, I have some time to figure it out. Um, I'm excited for, you know, the next, next year to see how I can do, how I can fit in. Um, will I be able to train solo? Do I need to find some groups out here? So I really don't know how it's going to work yet. Um, all I know is I'm going to keep training and I'm going to keep trying. I was going to say something tells me there's no chance of you giving up. I'm sure you'll figure it out at some point. I mean, that's just incredible. And then on top of it, let's also remember you're trying to get your PhD. Um, so like with that, and, and especially again, in a, a prestigious field like physiology, um, I said that right, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, especially in a field like that, which, I mean, again, I've looked at one of those textbooks before and got intimidated. So, you know, like with all that on top of it, I assume, you, you know, like, I don't want to assume, what is your like main priority at this point? Obviously you have to worry about classes, but at the same time, you're not going to let an opportunity like this go away. So how are you able to balance that? I mean, you have a husband now, you're in a new city, pretty incredible city from what I hear. So how are you balancing all these things to make sure that you're giving each of them their required amount of attention? 
Yeah, it's something I hope I've sort of developed over the last couple of years. I was able to do a master's, do a lot of research while training at this uh-huh. elite level. Um, so I, I do have some balancing act down, um, but so, part of it's still unknown for me how I'm going to do that here. Um, before it worked out really well. I worked with people that understood what I was doing and it was really the people around me that made it possible. Um, I had an advisor and I had a postdoc um, and they both you know, understood when I couldn't attend a meeting because I had a workout that was gonna go until noon. Um, and so it, I know it's gonna be different here and I think that's partially why I wanna try to do the training myself. Um, in the past, I've let running kind of dictate my life and this time, I'm I'm ready for research to kind of take that the front the front burner and um I, and I can move my workouts to the other portions around it instead of vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I think hey maybe you'll uh, during the process you'll learn something new and uh, maybe be able to apply that huh? Maybe that's what I love about it. That's pretty cool. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean I, I just think it's really you make a, an amazing point. I wish you know I, I I picked up on it. You know you you were going through your master's program the second time around. It's not like this is completely brand new to you, but at the same time you had your coach, you had your former teammates, you had the facilities. Now it is just moving to a completely different literal yeah. country. Um, you know it's it's yeah. just up north, but at the same time it's it's Canada now, eh? Um, and you know <laughs> so, so you're there, you're trying, you're doing everything you can. So it's definitely going to be a a new experience. And and from what I've heard, I I'm, I'm very confident that you'll figure it out. Um, it's just well, gonna be very, it's gonna be very interesting along the way. And I'm really really excited to kind of follow you on your journey and see uh see all the see all the mischief you get into running up there in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, we're going to have our fingers crossed for you. I promise you that. Um, so I know we're kind of buttoning up against the time. I just have a few more questions that I really do want to get into. We've obviously okay. talked about you becoming a grad student. You're a scientist, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that a little bit, but I mean, I, again, I still don't really understand exactly everything. No, I'm kidding. You're doing some amazing things. I love it. I think it's super impressive. So we've talked about that a little bit. We've talked about sponsorships a little bit. And I would like to dive a little bit deeper into that conversation for a couple minutes. You know, you, you signed with this amazing company earlier on in your career. This was after the, uh, the first uh, go round of the Olympics. Now the second round, what is, especially in steeplechase being such a unique, let's use um, sport. What is, what are the usual sponsors? Are there like a set group of sponsors? Like, okay, usually females go to this, men you go to this, elite athletes of both genders go to this. Like, how does the sponsoring work in steeplechase? Because again, being such a unique sport that's not as televised or watched, I'm assuming, um, I assume then the dollar amounts and the sponsors are going to be less, correct? You're, yeah, you're exactly correct. Um, steeplechase, kind of like the field events, uh, they're not a sought after, right? You can do something extremely hard, but if it's not the televised event that people want to watch, uh, the dollar signs aren't there for you. Mm-hmm. Tathlon, they do incredible stuff. Not a lot of dollar signs. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, you had an agent. Obviously, we spoke about that a little bit. That didn't work out. It is what it is. Do most steeplechasers have an agent, especially when they get to your level, or or how exactly does that usually work? Yeah. Um, that gets tricky. Um, I'd say if you're a steeplechaser that can uh, kind of double and do more than one event, if you can run the 15 well in the steeplechase, you probably definitely do. Um, or steeple in five, you do. Um, I'd say, yeah, most of, you know, probably top five Americans in the U.S. currently would have an agent. Um, but uh, when you go and you talk to the shoe companies, it's really how marketable are you? And if, if that's a good thing, 
that can really help you out, but the steeplechase itself isn't going to be a huge selling point. Mm-hmm. So it also, I mean, naturally it's going to have to do with your personality, the things that you're interested outside of your sport. Obviously yeah. now in, in the age of social media, I mean, if you get a follower count up to 10K, people are going to uh, pay you money to, to do things. Exactly. So what have you seen in that um, in that realm where people are, or, or sponsors, after this first major one you got, what was your, I guess, then path to more dollars in the future? Did you get more sponsors? Was it the same one that just kept coming back? How exactly did that work? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. So yeah, I was with Wazell um, until 2017. Yeah, till the beginning of 2017. Um, and you have to remember, they're, they're a really small company. Um, I already had a, a pretty good paycheck from them. Um, but their budget, they had to cut back, um, you know, for reasons for their company. They lost a lot of good athletes that year, um, mostly because they no longer could fund it, not because they didn't want to. Um, and so I, I did. I started reaching out to other companies, doing this all on my own, um, remember. Um, and it, it feels a lot like an interview process, right? You know, you chat with companies, you have you know, Skype talks with them. And I really learned out it's more political than you think, right? It's some agent saying, I'll give you these athletes or I'll give you, you know, this big dog if you can get these three little ones contracts. Um, and doing it on your own after not making an Olympic year is nearly impossible. Yeah, I could, I could only imagine. I mean, that's another full-time job, it sounds like, trying to yeah. essentially, you're, you're a salesman for There's yourself. a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah, you're you're a salesman for yourself. You're reaching out to these companies. You're trying to do this. You're trying to negotiate on top of trying to become a doctor, getting your master's, yeah. still trying to train. So that is pretty incredible. And obviously, again, one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing this is I think it's ridiculous that our athletes don't get paid nearly as much as they should. Um, but again, that's something that hopefully hopefully bring a little light to it and we figure it out. So do you have any uh, current sponsors right I now? I don't. No, no, zero sponsors. That is super zero sponsors. Dis- oh yeah. man, that is disappointing. And are you still in the process of reaching out and trying to um, obtain sponsors, or at this point you're just like, hey, I'm trying to become a doctor. Let's worry about that. Um, after so we just had the USA Track and Field Championships at the end of June. I was fourth again, um, <laughs> right? Like wrong spot. Um, and after that, I said, you know, I'm ending my season here. I'm not going to actively seek sponsors. Um, and so I, I have stopped looking for now. Maybe when we start up the next coming season, I will reach out to people again and see if there's any interest. But yeah, right now, shut that down. But I'm sure if someone came to you and said, hey, Shalea, you'd probably exactly. wouldn't say no. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Well, that, that's, that's, again, I just love hearing, you know, what the opportunities like in different sports and different, obviously in different disciplines within, you know, let's call it track and field. Like obviously you're running, but because it's such a unique, interesting event. Um, and because as you said, if there's, if you're not getting televised, clearly the dollar signs aren't going to be there, which is disappointing. It's not like you're not putting in the same amount of work or more work than anybody else. It's just, political and and that's just the way it is sometimes which is pretty disappointing but again hopefully we can change that in the future so let's uh let's cross our fingers see what happens um i hope so too yeah uh, yeah absolutely believe me i'm gonna try i promise you that um so one other thing that i definitely want to talk about is you know i checked out your website a little bit um and i saw something the runner's kitchen tell me a little bit about that as we were saying before you really do like to eat and as i said there is this awesome italian there's an awesome italian restaurant in vancouver and i hope you go check it out Um, i wrote it down (laughs) fantastic i'm gonna i'm gonna try and shoot you the exact name of it because i know i'm butchering it so i'm not even gonna say it on air um but so so tell us about the runner's kitchen where'd you come up with the idea i saw that you you 
been putting up recipes, if I'm not mistaken. So tell us a little bit more about that and when that kind of came about. Yeah, um, I started it actually when I was a sophomore in college. Um, I lived in a giant house. <laughs> um, I lived in a giant house with uh, seven other girls and it, our, our kitchen was a really fascinating place. Um, and so I was kind of documenting what, you know, these uh, seven collegiate runners were eating. And then um, I moved out of the house actually. And the blog became more what I was eating. Um, and I actually started putting more of these science beats into it. Um, you know, I was an undergrad science major. I was, you know, really interested. I'm reading, you know, the peer-reviewed literature. Um, and so I'm kind of, you know, manipulating my diet. Um, I still post. I'll post maybe once every month. Um, you'll normally find citations, recent articles I've read, things I'm interested in. Um, writing about uh, the gut microbiome uh, in the previous one. Uh, energy deficits in female athletes in the female triad. Um, these are just kind of some of the things I'll hit on, but yeah, mostly it's food I eat. Um, that's what I post. That is, that is super cool. I, I think it's really interesting how it started kind of like as a journal to seven collegiate athletes and just trying to, and, the, and then kind of, obviously it's going to progress over time cause you moved out, but what were like, what were some of the meals that seven collegiate athletes? Cause I, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to take the spot, but I, I was speaking to someone and they were telling me that because McDonald's is such a huge sponsor, there's always a giant line at the Olympics for some reason where the athletes are just eating a ridiculous amount of McDonald's, which to me sounds completely backwards. But, you know, as we were saying, you need your calories. So I guess you got to get them from somewhere. But so what was that like those first, I guess that, that first little while you had the, uh, you had the, the blog rolling with that. Oh, okay. But, but you mentioned, you mentioned McDonald's. So I want to hit on that first. Let's do it. So true though. Um, when you, when I went into the Olympic village, um, everything's so foreign but McDonald's was the one thing you recognize so I remember I actually went there every morning to get my oatmeal because I couldn't find like a normal oatmeal at the other stations so yeah I did go to even, McDonald's and huh? even in London yeah they kept um I went up to a guy and I said hey where can I find oatmeal and you know in his British accent he's like oatmeal you know is that a kind of bread I can't do a British accent I'm like no you eat it with a spoon and he's like he's like like hamburger buns we have oats with hamburger buns and i'm like not a bread it's not a bread and I'm like and i'm trying to do the motion for him and he goes porridge and i go yes i'm looking for porridge um and he, he sent me to mcdonald's in there oh you know, my I, I asked for oatmeal and they, they understood what i was saying um but yeah yeah so yeah the line at mcdonald's i think the reason it gets so long is it's a familiar place everyone's kind of seen it and then after your race all you want is mcflurry so oh okay. why not go there i didn't even remember i'm just thinking like big macs and double cheeseburgers i didn't even think about a mcflurry so absolutely that completely makes sense a hundred percent of course you're gonna want a mcflurry <laughs> totally. um but but back to your blog because i am yeah. still interested in that what was it like i mean obviously you started it with a really interesting concept obviously it's, it's changed mm -hmm. over time so what i mean it's obviously something Something you're very interested in I mean it's the science that you study on what sounds like a daily basis so how have you been able to just kind of keep it interesting for yourself but also people that you know follow along and, and watch actually what you're eating and why you're eating it yeah so it was really fun at the beginning seven girls in one house you know we'd all go to cross-country practice we'd all do the long run together there's only two showers in this house we would run out of hot water um, but it was really fun it made meal times fun you know we're taking funny pictures together it's you know everyone eating waffles who's putting what on their waffles um, you know I'm, I'm gonna cook something new with my roommate I've never made it it's kind of a way to learn um, it, so it was really fun at the beginning doing it like that um, and then when it was just me, it was kind of more of me just documenting what I was eating. 
Um, and then me trying to have, you know, scientific reasons for why should I actually eat this? Um, so yeah, yeah, that's how it kind of evolved. That is really interesting. And, and do you have a log in there of when you started to eat your cake again? Uh, you know, I, I do mention it in one of the, in the um, posts. I don't know exactly when that day happened, but that is a very clear, clear memory I have of going home and being like, I must make chocolate cake tonight and I'm going to eat this chocolate cake. Oh, that's super. And then you had the whole science behind it on why you should. So I think that is just yeah. phenomenal. So um, what is that website exactly? Yeah, it's uh, therunnerskitchen.com slash WordPress. You think I would even know? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if we just search either your name or the runner's it kitchen, links, we'll... it links from my fa- it links from uh, my Twitter and my Instagram. Beautiful. Then I'm a hundred percent sure we can figure out. And what are your handles on Twitter and Instagram, just so everyone can find you? Actually, uh, Kip, and Actually, Kip. Oh, super easy. You got I both know. of them. Look at that. I mean, not gonna lie, your name is definitely. I've. I mean, it I remember the, unique. the yeah. first time I asked you, I was like, hey, Shalea, tell me how to say your name. And I actually got it right. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, one. very phonetic. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Much easier. Um, awesome. All right, cool. Well, Shalea, that's about it for me. Um, I sincerely appreciate the time. I sincerely appreciate everything that you're doing, representing our country, constantly training, putting in your blood, sweat, tears. We sincerely appreciate it. Um, this was a, a fantastic conversation. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Yes, it's and, 10 and o'clock where you. I am, so I'm going to go yeah, to sleep. Go but to yeah, <laughs> but and, please. Uh, Thank you for sharing these stories of athletes. Uh, What you're doing is also really great and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you listen to some of them. Um, It's going to be a blast. I've been having a really good time so far, so I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy. I'm really crossing my fingers. Um, But other than that, we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Good luck with becoming a doctor. I'm sure we'll talk to you before then. Um, But other than that, we hope you have a great one. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes. These people are just incredible and we have athletes at the top of their game and it's so much fun to listen to them talk. If you guys wouldn't mind, follow them across all their socials. I'll have everything in the show notes. Um, Obviously, if you just search their names, I'm sure you can find everything you're looking for. But also follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram. If you don't mind and you have any questions for me, michael at ourathletes.us is my email as well. And also don't forget, rate, subscribe, share, review. Please tell your friends about this. I think it's such a cool project. I'm having a blast. It's going to keep going whether anybody listens or not. I'm sure we'll get a couple people to listen though. Um, So tell your friends about it. Let them know because I think it's so cool and inspirational hearing what these athletes go on a daily do on a daily basis and then really what they need to do to represent our country, which I think is incredible. So thank you guys so much. Hope you have a wonderful day.